We're so glad that y'all have joined us online for worship today, and we're positive that God has something specifically to speak just to you. We want you to know that you are always welcome here at First Baptist Azel, and that you can connect with us by going online to fbcazel.org forward slash connect. Now let's hop back into the sermon and hear what God has for us today. Well, good morning again. If you don't know who I am, my name is Chris Brown, and I am the associate pastor here at First Baptist Azel. Um, our senior pastor, Lee Seip, uh, him and his family are currently on vacation. Uh, if you've been following them on Facebook, uh, they've been in Cancun, and I believe they might be heading to Colorado next. And so they're having tons of fun, but I'm glad that y'all are here. I'm glad that I get to speak to you. If you're joining us online, I'm glad that y'all are here and that you get to hear what God has for us today. We have a doozy of, of a topic to talk about today. Um, uh, you know, bear with me. Um, this is our second service. My voice is already going out. But we get to talk today um, about conversations. Uh, and and uh, right now, in our uh, climate of the country, um, there are a lot of topics going around right now. And in those topics, those topics have um, intrinsically divided us. And in those topics, um, no, no matter what they are, we have a tendency as uh, humans to group ourselves up in these topics. And then whenever we group ourselves up in these topics, we defend them like they're our firstborn. And so what I want to talk about today is conversations. How do we have these conversations with people who disagree with us? How do we have conversations with people who don't see things the way that we do? And so we've got a fun one today. You are either going to leave today hating me or loving me. That's, that's one of the two options. So let's go ahead and stand up together, and we will uh, read our passage for today. Our passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Let's stand up together and read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 says this, For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you uh, for bringing us here, and we, uh, we thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that as we uh, spend a few moments digging into your word, God, that you would um, speak to us, that you would convict us. And God, I pray that um, as, as we're here listening to this and hearing this, um, God, that we would use the Bible um, as a mirror uh, to our face, so that way we might see um, where we need to become more like you. I pray, God, um, that as we're here, that we don't um, think that this is a great sermon for someone else, but, Lord, that we would um, search our own hearts and figure out where uh, you want to mold us and change us and shape us. God, thank you for all that you give us. That's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all can have a seat. Well, like I said, um, there's lots of debate going on right now in our country. I don't know if you've been on Facebook lately um, or on the news lately. It's just like every time you get on there, there is something different. There is something going on right now. There's something in the air. And in that, inevitably, what you're going to do is you're going to start to align yourself with the side of an issue. 
It's just natural. As humans, our tendency is to uh, group together based on our preferences and our ideologies and our personalities. And then as we group ourselves together, we have this tendency to um, defend it like it's our lives against people who disagree with us. And these topics can be anything from like really um, significant down to like things that like brands or products. So let's take a look at a couple examples of this. First, we've got Dr. Pepper versus Coca-Cola. Anyone Dr. Pepper fans in here? Okay. All right. Well, how about this? How about In-N-Out versus Whataburger? Here's the thing. I grew up a Texan. I grew up, I, I never even heard of In-N-Out before a couple of years ago. Lord, forgive me. Um, I am going to the dark side. I kind of like In-N-Out more than Whataburger. Uh, I don't know what it is. Don't, don't stone me. Uh, but, but it's just something about In-N-Out. Whataburger takes too long. Anyways, next we've got Apple versus Android. Raise your hand if you're an Android person. All right, you get put on our prayer list today. All right, next, we've got medium rare steak versus well done steak. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, a little side tidbit of this. Um, I didn't, when, uh, when I grew up, uh, my mom would make steak from time to time, and I didn't like steak growing up. And here's the reason why, is my mom, being a mom, wanted to make sure that every single bit of pink was out of that steak. And then she would cook it a little bit longer than that, um, to the point that it's like a burnt offering for the Lord. And, and then we would eat it. And I grew up thinking that I just didn't like steak. And it wasn't until after I got out of college that I had my first medium rare steak. And then I realized, oh my goodness, what have I been missing my whole life? And so now when I go to uh, some kind of like steakhouse or something, if they ask me if I want um, steak sauce with it, I tell them I sure hope not, uh, because if I need steak sauce, then that means that you probably cooked it wrong. Medium rare. All right, let's get into a little bit more, a little bit more dicey territory. Mask versus no mask. Ooh. All right. Let's get a little bit deeper. How about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter? All right, how about a little bit deeper? How about Trump versus Biden? Wait, if you've been following the news, then you know that this is no longer the case. It is Trump versus Biden versus Kanye. He's thrown his hat into the ring. By the way, if you want to vote for him on a ballot, he's part of the birthday party. It's it's his political party. There we go. And then last but certainly not least, Michael versus Roxanne. Oh, man. I know what y'all are thinking. Chris, that's who wins. (sighs) These topics have a way of dividing us. Not the Michael Roxanne topic, but those other ones, they have have a way to kind of like push a wedge in between us. And this has happened in both services that the moment that mask versus no mask slide went up, you felt a tension enter the room. And when the, the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, attention stays in the room. We did the entire sermon uh, this morning, and there was attention in the room the entire sermon. 
There's something about these topics that have gotten into our inner core and, and it makes it where um, we, we pick whatever side that we're on and then we defend that. And, I, and, and we just need to take a step back and say, like, why? why? Why are we doing this? Why are we um, allowing these com- conversations to degrade um, so deep to where we're getting into fights over this? And it's from things that are as insignificant as a phone to as significant as who is going to lead our country. And so the question that I want to present to you today is that as Christians, how do we engage in these conversations in a godly way in which the person across from us disagrees vehemently? Now, The purpose of this sermon isn't how to convince them that you're right. The purpose of today is how do we engage in that conversation and how do we uh, present the love of Christ to them in that conversation? Because I don't know if y'all have been watching, but I've been watching Facebook and that's not what's been happening. These have not been pleasant conversations. And day in and day out, there are Facebook articles, news media releases, um, videos being put out that is um, driving a wedge in between us and tearing us further and further and further and further apart. And if a cynical person was to comment on this, I'm not saying that I'm cynical, but I'm saying if a cynical person was to comment on this, they would see that this is an election year and that there are some people that maybe want to divide us because of that. And so the question is, again, as Christians, how do we engage in these conversations? How do we show the love of Christ in these conversations? Because it's not going to get better, at least until November 3rd, it is not going to get better. It is going to get exponentially worse. And what the church, or sorry, what the world needs right now is the church being a light into the world. What the world needs right now is the church to show them that you can stand strongly in your principles yet disagree with you. What the world needs to see right now is a church that can stand strong in its values yet yet care deeply about the person sitting across the table from you who disagrees with you. That's what the world needs right now. It doesn't need more division. It needs the church to be the church. And so what I want to do today is I want to dive into um, how you can either fight with people in these conversations or how you can be a light to people in these conversations. Because it's really going to go one of those two ways. There's not much in between. It's either going to degrade into a fight or it's going to degrade into you being a light to them. So I want to get into five quick points um, on this. Uh, Bear with me. Uh, I've got a lot of information for you today, so, so hold tight, and we'll try to get through this um, as concisely as I can. So the first step uh, to fighting with people is to forget your mission. I think a lot of us are going out into these conversations and into these divisive topics, and we have no clue what our mission is as Christians anymore. And because we, we don't have the mission of Christ with us, we have abandoned that and taken up the mission of ourselves. And as we take up the mission of ourselves, we start pushing ourselves on people. And the moment you start pushing yourselves on people, that's when conversations are going to start to spiral out of control. Because you're no longer thinking from the vantage point of, 
I need to love this person. You're thinking from the vantage point of, I need to be right. And being right and being the light are two completely different things. So if you want to be a light to people, don't forget your mission. Rather, live out your mission. 2 Corinthians 5 19 through 21 says this, He, God, has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So what's our mission? Our mission is to be ambassadors for Christ. God has, has reached down into time, um, uh, pulled us out of darkness, didn't count our sins against us, and reconciled us to himself. And then what he did after that, he gifted us the message of reconciliation to then take out to the world. We've talked about that before, where, where God saved you, and now he's expecting you to take him out into the world. We are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ, spokesmen for Christ, preaching the message of reconciliation. Here's what your mission isn't. You aren't to be ambassadors of your ideologies. Your goal, your mission isn't to be an ambassador for the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. Your mission isn't to propagate talking points of political systems. Our mission is to be ambassadors for Christ. And I think a lot of us, ha uh, when we get into these conversations, have lost sight of that. Because here's the thing. I don't care. Uh, that both, both sides of the party promise a lot of things. But I can guarantee you this. There's no amount of legislation in the world that will ever reconcile a person to Jesus. The only thing that will reconcile a person to Jesus is the gospel. And I don't care if you reconcile racism out of existence or if you reconcile sin out of existence. We could um, tomorrow pass leg sweeping legislation that, that um, aligns our laws with the entire moral code of the Bible and everyone will be just as lost as they were today. Our goal isn't to be ambassadors for a political system. Our goal is to be ambassadors for Christ because that is the only thing that is going to reconcile people to God. And that is our message. Be reconciled to God. So how do you know if you've forgotten your mission or if you're living out your mission? Uh, well, you know, take a look at your life. Take a look at your Facebook. Take a look at your conversations, your text messages. Do they resemble anything about Jesus? Or... Do you spend 99% of your time talking about political issues? Now, here's the thing. I'm not against politics. Ask my wife. I love politics. I will love to sit down and talk with you about politics all day long. I find it very interesting. But that's not my mission in life. My mission isn't to be a politician. My mission is to be an ambassador for Christ. And even in the midst of these political conversations that we have people, whether it's masks versus no mask, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, Trump, Biden, Democrat, Republican, I don't care what the issue is, you can have an opinion on that and at the same time be an ambassador for Christ. But a lot of us have abandoned that second side. So if you want your conversations to turn into fights with people, forget your mission. If you want it to be a light to people, live out your mission. Step two uh, to fighting with people is to ignore the other side. 
Proverbs 18.2 says this, A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. And that's where a lot of us are right now. When we get into these debates, I don't see people interested in understanding what the other person's saying. I see a lot of people interested in tuning them out and pushing their opinions on people. And, and here's the, I didn't say it, the Bible said it. The Bible calls that a fool. If you're not interested in understanding what the other person's trying to say to you, then you are a fool. And Christians, what we need to be is we need to uh, be people who, who hear out the other side. And so I think this has been an issue um, uh, ever since the dawn of time. But uh, with the rise of the internet and social media, um, this growing issue of echo chambers has been presented. And if you don't know what that is, an echo chamber is basically when you surround yourself only with people that, that agree with you. So that way, Y'all are just regurgitating the same thing back to each other. The same story back to each other. And so you never even hear the other side of the story. And the times that you do hear the other side of the story, it's from one of your own people. And so you're not even getting an accurate depiction of the other side of the story. Again, a fool doesn't delight in understanding, but only seeks to flaunt his own opinions. As Christians, we're called to, to hear people out, to, to, um, to not ignore the other side, but to be a light to people. We need to inquire about the other side. Proverbs eighteen seventeen says this, The first to state his case seems right until another comes and cross-examines him. And this is very true. Um, early in my ministry, um, what ended up happening is people would come to me with problems, with conflicts with other people. And they would come and they would say, hey, my parents did this, or hey, my boyfriend, my girlfriend did this, hey, my friends did this, hey, my boss did this. And I would look at them and I'd be like, oh my gosh, why did they do that to you? What was going through their mind? And then later, I would either have a conversation with the other person or hear the other side from the other person. And it's a completely different story. It's like if you were to put two, these two people's stories next to each other, you would wonder if they're even watching the same movie. And that's what this verse is saying right here. It's saying that, that the first person who brings their story, you, it's easy to get sucked up into that. But what you need to do is you need to be level-headed. You need to take a step back and you need to hear both sides of the story. Because a lot of times, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a Facebook post shared, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. And then I dig into it a little bit, and then realize that there's a whole other side of the issue. As Christians, we need to inquire about the other side. We need to hear out the other side. And in doing so, um, we can uh, love people and be a light to people. So in fact, if people come to me, now, if, if someone comes to me with an issue or conflict with another person, I'll actually be kind of, an, I'll probably be kind of annoying uh, to that person because what I'm going to spend my time doing is not agreeing with them. I'm going to spend my time presenting how that other person may have made the decision that they made. I'll start to provide perspective on, hey, that other person may have been thinking this. They may have said this, and you might have interpreted it wrong. What I'm doing is I'm assuming the best intentions about the other person, and that's called the principle of charity. The principle of charity is when you don't seek to demonize, vilify, and, and uh, apply uh, malicious intent on the other person, but rather you're seeking to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume the best intentions. 
And as Christians, I feel like that's our calling. I'm not saying uh, to not seek out the issue, but um, don't jump to conclusions and vilify another person before you even heard the other side. And we need to do that in our conversations as well. We need to sit down and figure out the other side. In 2015, a picture swept the internet, and it looked something like this. Y'all remember this picture? It was called the dress. And the big debate about this uh, dress is some people saw it as blue and black, and some people saw it as white and gold. And it was this phenomenon that was going around. I'm sure that y'all saw it on Facebook. There'd be people that, that swear up and down it was white and gold. Uh, just to let you know, it's, it's blue and black. Uh, but they would swear up and down it was white and gold. And, and uh, this chasm started to develop uh, of, of people um, seeing this as two different things. And we didn't really understand what was going on at the time, why this was the case. Well, two years later, um, they did a study on this very issue to try to understand, uh, one, why people saw what they saw, and then two, um, why, they were, why people were perceiving color differently. Well, what they did was they did a study on 13,000 people on this photo. And what they learned was is that the way that we perceive color is really dependent on the lighting of the thing. So you have the actual color of what's going on, and then as light hits it, our eyes then interpret those colors a little bit differently. Well, the, what they found with this picture is, is that the lighting isn't super clear. They don't know if it's um, artificial indoor lighting or if it's natural outdoor lighting. So there's some people that assume, and that's what you're... you're your eyes do when you look at these pictures. Your eyes are assuming certain things. And people who assume that it's natural lighting perceive it as one color. And people who assume it as artificial lighting perceive it as a different color. And the real interesting thing is what they found was, is that out of these 13,000 people, the, the, um, if you were a night owl, your tendency was to perceive it as blue and black. And if you were a morning person, your tendency was to perceive it as white and gold. Why do I talk about a dress? The reason I bring this up is because something as insignificant as the color of a dress can spark debate because people's perspectives on this are different and is leading them to draw different conclusions. And if that can happen to something as insignificant as a dress, think about how much more can happen when it comes to deep issues of our country. People grow up in different areas of life. People have different perspectives on issues. People see different things. And what you get out of that is because people perceive and see and engage in different things, you are going to uh, find yourself on, with differing viewpoints on this thing. I'm not saying that both are right. What I'm saying is, is that people's perceptions lead them to different conclusions. And what we need to do as Christians, as someone who doesn't want to be a fool and delight only in our understanding, but wants to delight in understanding, and we don't want to uh, uh, only believe the first side of the case, but open ourselves up to the second side of the case, we need to sit down and care about people and hear what they're saying. 
And again, I'm not saying to agree with them. I'm not saying they have to change your values or your beliefs. What I'm saying is we just need to take a step back and hear what the other person is saying. So if you want to fight with people, ignore the other side. But if you want to be a light to people, inquire about the other side. All right, step three in fighting with people is get offended easily. It blows my mind, uh, the state of our country right now, uh, because if you just sit back and watch it, uh, watch people uh, fight with each other, um, it looks like there's uh, fourth graders just arguing with each other. And then after the argument, they go to the teacher and tell them everything that the other person said. Uh, the only difference is, is that the fourth graders are, are political leaders and the teacher is us. So they just fight with each other and get offended with each other and then communicate it to us. And it's, it's, if I'm being honest, kind of entertaining to watch. But we as Christians need, uh, if we want to fight with people, we need to get offended easily. Proverbs 18:19 says this. An offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city. And quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. See, our goal as Christians is to tear down barriers between us and lost people so that we can present the gospel to people. And when we get offended at any little thing, what the Bible says is happening is, is that you're putting up walls between you and the other person. And if our mission, if our goal is to present the gospel and share the gospel and be an ambassador for Christ, the worst thing you can do is get offended and put up a wall between you and another person. I can't tell you what the other person's going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. I'm telling you what you need to do. And if you get offended, then you're putting up walls between you and the other person. Now you might say, Chris, I agree with you. I think people get offended way too easily. We, we need to tell these people to stop getting offended. And if that's you, then you agree with 81% of the country. A study in 2019 showed that 81% of Americans thought that people get offended way too easily. If you can't do math, that's four out of five people agree that people get offended way too easily. Here's the problem. Is that the same people who are saying people shouldn't get offended too easily are the same people who's getting offended. And that's the problem that we run into, is that, that the way that we think about this is that you need to not get offended. You need to grow a thicker skin. But the moment that you come across my issues, now I'm justified in being offended. And Christians, we're the worst at this. Like, we love to play the martyr. Like, we are all like, yeah, Jesus, persecution, yeah. And then the moment anything happens, we're like crying. And I would be right there with you being upset about being persecuted and being insulted and, and having the, the culture come against us. But the Bible says to do the opposite. The Bible says that you need to expect persecution. And when you do receive persecution, rejoice in it. Don't complain about it. Rejoice in it. It means you're doing something right. So if you want to be a light to people, we need to not get offended so easily. We need to give grace when offended. Proverbs 19.11 says this. A person's insight gives him patience, and his virtue is to overlook an offense. Man, I, I love this verse. I really wish that it was like 
basic training for Christians to read this verse and then just apply it in their life. Like imagine a world where people didn't get upset about every little thing. Oh, that'd be great. Imagine a church where people didn't get upset about every little thing. Rather, because of their insight, because of their security in Christ, they're able to overlook offenses that come their way. Like, that'd be a place that I want to be. And here's the thing, is that we need to be uh, the church to the world that shows the world that you don't have to get offended when people um, disagree with you. You don't have to get offended when people insult you, but rather you can keep your joy, you can keep your peace and present to the world that you still love them even in the midst of them not loving you. I saw a quote from a pastor this week that said, an immature Christian is hard to please and easy to offend. And is that you? Do you find yourself constantly being offended? Do you find yourself constantly complaining because people said this about you or that about you or about this situation came up or that situation came up? The Bible calls us to overlook offenses, to be gracious to people in that. And in doing so, maybe we can open a door to the people that we're having conversations with where they can, they can see that they're clearly insulting us, but we don't retaliate. Rather, we take a step back and say like, hey, I love you. Hey, I still care about you. Hey, I'm still looking out for your needs. That's what the world needs right now. So step four in fighting with people is to hold yourself higher than others. But if you want to be a light to people, then you need to humble yourself. Philippians 2, verse 3 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out for not only his own interests, but also the interests of others. Now, if you don't know this passage super well, um, uh, right after this, Paul starts to explain that the way we know how to implement this in our lives is to look at Jesus, because Jesus implemented this into his life. Jesus himself, who should have been exalted over everything, decided to give up his exaltation and humble himself, lower himself uh, to the point of death, where he says, I'm going to put my interest below the interest of, or sorry, I'm going to put your interest above my interest to the point where I die for you. And as Christians, as people who are uh, transformed by the renewing of Christ, we should be depicting that same thing. When we have these conversations, um, it should be um, uh, littered with um, our care for the interest of the other person. But a lot of our conversations don't, don't present us being, uh, looking out for the best interest of the other person. A lot of our conversations uh, present looking out for our own interest. And that's why these always degrade into fights. You know, it reminds me of uh, when Paul was talking to the church of Corinth. Um, there's this issue uh, where some Christians in the church wanted to eat meat sacrificed to idols. And there was another group of Christians in that same church who didn't want to eat meat sacrificed to idols. They thought that it was a sin against God and it went against their conscience. Now Paul comes into the situation between these two people and he says to them, hey, 
there, one of y'all is clearly right, and it's the people who, um, who are okay with eating the meat. You can eat whatever meat you want. Sacrifice to idols, not sacrifice to idols. You can eat whatever you want. That is well within your Christian liberty. But it's amazing what he said next. What he said next um, was that even though it is your, uh, well within your Christian liberty to eat that meat, here's what you should do. Not eat the meat. Even though you have a right to do something, if it means being a stumbling block to someone else, don't do it. He says this literally, 1 Corinthians 8, 13. He says, Therefore, if food causes my brother or sister to fall, I will never eat meat again. That's what humbling yourself looks like. That's what putting the interest of other people in front of the interest of yours looks like. And there's a lot of conversations going on right now um, where we have liberties to do something, and we are digging into those liberties because of pride and because we want to be right. And I think Paul and Jesus will look at the situation and say, hey, you have the right to do whatever you want, but that doesn't mean you should do it. There's times that you need to take a step back and care about the people in front of you rather than being right. When you hold yourself higher than others, it will lead to sin. When you humble yourself, it will lead to being a light to people. And our sinful nature calls us to one of those, and Jesus calls us to the other. So to recap, real quick, if you want to fight with people, uh, first, you forget your mission, that you're an ambassador for Christ. You ignore the other side and only uh, spit out your side. You get offended easily and put up uh, barriers between you and other people. And you hold yourself higher than others instead of humbling yourself and putting their interests ahead of yours. And then last but certainly not least, um, if you want to fight in your conversations, all you need to do is take away the light. See, God calls us to be a light into this world. Like we said earlier, uh, Christ saved us and reconciled us. And in saving us and reconciled us, he handed us the light and he said that you are going to be my ambassadors to this world. And the moment that you decide that you are more important than bringing the gospel to people, is the moment you take away the light from people. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, says this. This is part of the passage that we read at the beginning this morning. It says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. Instead, we have renounced secret and shameful things, not acting deceitfully or distorting the word of God, but commending ourselves before God to everyone's conscience by an open display of the truth. Here's the important one. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light 
of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Let, let, let me explain that this way. God is saying that we have a ministry to this world, and whenever you decide that you don't care about the gospel anymore, and that you would rather um, put your own interests ahead of the gospel, what you do is you veil the light. You veil the gospel. And a little theological uh, reminder to y'all, when Jesus was on the cross and he took his last breath, the first thing that happened was a, an earthquake went across the land and that earthquake tore the veil in two that was in the temple of, uh, where God dwelt. The, the tearing of that veil symbolized that there was no longer a barrier between God and man. The tearing of that veil threw open a light into the dark world, and the gospel went out. And what Paul is saying here is when you put your own interest ahead of the interest of God, what you're doing is you're throwing that veil right back up. The gospel of Christ is that there is no barrier between us and God. And when you decide that your interests are better than others, you are saying there is a barrier between them and God, you. So God calls us to be a light to this world. That same passage, uh, the next verse, verse 5, says this, For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let the light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. If you want to start fights in this political climate, then take away the light. However, if you want to be a light to the world, take away the veil. Care about people. Look out for the interests of other people share the gospel with people in the midst of these issues. Let me pray that we do that. God, I thank you for bringing us here. And God, I pray uh, that our conviction would lead to repentance. God, that we wouldn't uh, feel guilty um, and in and, and doing so, just sit there, but rather the, the word says that, that if we have guilt, if we have conviction, it's only good if it then leads to repentance and bringing us back to you. So God, I pray, Lord, that in this moment um, that we would repent and come back to you for where we have fallen short, for where we have put our interest above your interest and our interest above the interest of others, when we've cared more about political talking points, more than we've cared about the gospel. God, I pray that you be at work in our hearts right now. That we might be the light to the world. So I, I don't know where y'all are right now. I don't know um, where you're sitting after this sermon. Some of you may hate me and are right now composing an email uh, to Pastor Lee. Or some of you may be thinking to yourself, you're right, I haven't had an urgency for the gospel. I've had more of an urgency for what I believe rather than what the gospel communicates. And so we're going to spend just a, a few moments um, singing a song. 
And in that, um, I, I encourage you to do uh, a couple things. Pray. You can come up here if you would like to pray, um, or you can pray in your seat. But just pray that God will, will be at work in your life, that, that he will open up opportunities um, for you to be a light to the world and to people. And if you're a person who, who hears that gospel and, and heard that, that there isn't a barrier between us and God, and you're like, I've never, I've never entered into a relationship with God. I've heard about God a lot. I've heard about rules a lot, but I've never heard about a relationship with God and the fact that we don't have to be separated from him anymore. If that's you, man, we'd love to talk to you about that. So I don't know what it is for you. If we can all just stand up together real quick, uh, we're going to sing this song. And in this time, I encourage you to pray. Do whatever you need to do. The altar's open. We're here for you. Take this time to get right with your God. Well, thanks for joining us today online for our worship service. We hope that you are ministered and encouraged to while you're with us. And we just want to remind you that you can connect with us online by going to fbcazel.org forward slash connect. We hope to see you again next week.